0: It up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. No standing away. He's going to take it to the house. Eighty-five yards down the right side. Going, Devin
1: Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown.
0: The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes.
1: Oh, Brad hey. for the touchdown. Kraft
0: shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. All right, here we go, Buckeye
2: fans. It is camp week. I cannot believe practices get rolling. Over there at the Woody and outside the Woody on campus. I I can't believe it. Timmy Hall here with you. Got our guy Bodie back there. and Once again, a good full week with a Buckeye football player himself, Tyvis Powell, everybody. Oh, Timothy. God, are you happy? Oh, Timothy. Oh,
3: my God. Look at you. I've been waiting on this moment. I've been waiting on this week for quite some time. Ever since the end of the Rose Bowl week. You know, it's this. It's football. Is upon us. We got camp starting up. We got the Hall of Fame game. Hall coming of Fame game. Week. Man, it's back. Football is back. Woo, baby! I, I catch myself a tad bit more aggressive because you know, for like nineteen years of my life, I've been. A, I had to be aggressive this time, so I got to catch myself and ease, ease back off
2: things. All right. So what's what's going through a player's mind Monday morning? They wake up. Camp starts in a few days. This is it. We're here. It's the last normal Monday you were going to have. I mean, I guess you could make a case <laughs> that funny. August is just a, a tad bit different because we don't have actual game weeks and there's no preseason games mm. in college football, but uh, make no mistake, and you can verify this, the adjustment period is over. Once you start going to practice every day, yeah. there is a different kind of feel and a different kind of speed to everything. Well, your your fun life is over. That's the first thing.
3: You need to enjoy your last couple of days of freedom because once you check in, it's on from from that time to the end of the year. Typically, what they do is the conditioning test is around this time. And I don't know what it is now, but back when I was there, and for a very long time, Coach Mick made us run two three hundreds, and that is a lot. If you've never ran a three hundred, you know it's it can get it can get at what they do is they take your time. Yeah, explain that they take. Okay, so a, a three hundred is he would make it one less turn, so you would go sixty yards back. 60 yards back five times. Ooh, down boy. and back. Like down down is one, back is two, down is three, back is four, down is five. So you would have to get it. The skill position have a certain time, big skill got a certain time, and lineman got a certain time. You got to run two of them, and when they put your two times together and, and they get your average, it has to be under a certain time. And I think it's like 50 seconds, I think I want to say something like that. But I so in my mind this is how I used to do it because all throughout the summer you do conditioning. They do the they go to the stadium and they run the twelve half gassers and blah blah blah. Man. I don't know if they still do that or not. They, they, if they don't, they should because those was very hard days.
2: What you're saying to me right now You wouldn't do at, at my point you like in that. life You don't like that? Is terrifying.
3: No, it's not it what you know what it was bad. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and tell you what to, it was bad. Like it was like hundred degrees in that stadium and we were still doing it. This but, is like this is like giving me nightmares. But it was a it's a team building exercise. Like everybody needed everybody. Oh yeah. And
2: like pick each other up, yeah, right? Those it, it oh, averages. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell me, because you can't go full bore on every single rep or every single run. These, which one are you talking about the 300 or the 12 half e- either one P- e- no yeah describe you, both those are you going a hundred percent or do you have to pace yourself on these so, so, so you don't crash out so this is the thing and this is every if any
3: high school or middle school kid is listening you need to take notes on what i'm about to tell you because this is this goes for college and this goes for nfl when you,
2: well, let's take it step by step here. We got to get to college football still, before we can get to the NFL. Still you
3: just this is for, do it right, This high is schoolers. for
2: this is for every conditioning test that you'll ever take or any
3: time you got to run gassers or whatever. Typically, it's a time set. So for the halves, let's go to the halves. We had 12 half gassers. You got to make it down and back 16 seconds, right? And you always have those guys who think, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm going to go down there and run it in 12, 13 seconds. Those are the ones that crash out at the end. So there you and go. If they tell you to run it in 16 seconds, try to you do that. run it in 60 <laughs> seconds. I mean, because they going to count. It's 13, 14, 15. And when they about to say 60, you need to be covered through the line. That's the best way to do it. That's the way you pace yourself so
2: you're not crashing out on all of them. All right, so aside from these running drills, tell me what the most dreaded drill or sprint altogether when Mm. X was about to happen in a camp practice I was fretting it. I was dreading it. Did oh not want to do it. Gosh. It was just toughen
3: up and get through it. It's two things. One is the it's the uh, pursuit drill. Oh my god! That sounds
2: Tim. like it would be fun the for pursuit, a tackler like no, you.
3: No, the pursuit drill is if you if you the backside player. It's the worst thing. They take the ball and they throw it to the they throw the screen out to the receiver mm-hmm. and everybody got to run and tag him off as he's running up the sideline. And if you that backside safety or corner you got to take a far angle down the field to catch because they don't put slow people they put like fast people to run this drill and you got to run them down oh you so you g- got
2: Dontre Wilson yeah running you down just, the field you just so gas yeah.
3: that and then doing tackle circuit oh man it's like three drills that you got to do where you just tackling and it's just like man <laughs> You just dread it. You just dread it, man. It's every other day, too. You just, man, you get sore. Your body's tired. You don't want to do it. But ultimately, it makes you a better player and it makes you a better
2: tackler. So if you're going into it with the right mindset, you'll get through it for sure. Well, it's an exciting week, as we stressed here off the top of the show. Buckeye football camp practice gets started in a couple of days. They're going to check in, they'll get started a day later. It's it's here. So 33 days away. Mm hmm. From that Notre Dame game. I saw on our fan Twitter account.
3: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) When I see 33, that's
2: the first name that comes to mind James Laronitis. I just, there really are no storylines. There's no shortage of a storyline for this game coming up. No. And the least of which is the fact that we have had one of the all time great linebackers hosting a daily show here on the fan. (laughs) And he left this job
3: to go do that. You to
2: see? go coach for Notre Dame, mm. and that's the first
3: game up you back how, here. You see how they do us? Oh. It's unbelievable, he, man. It's, listen, is Marcus? Is James? You got Al Washington over there. It just it, it,
2: this game holds a lot of weight. A Lot of weight. Right? And there is no way you know James is doing that if there wasn't a you know fast track to get to be on that defensive staff just to see James Laurinaitis the clout that that guy has the accolades that he has to see his face on that Notre Dame website and it says graduate assistant next to it (laughs) as old as that guy I mean old you know but he's done with an NFL career an illustrious NFL career and now he's a graduate assistant this guy's been one of the best broadcasters, yeah. a national broadcaster yeah, for college football. Yeah, big and there he number. is now with yeah. Notre Dame as a grad assistant underneath Marcus Freeman. It's just wild. It I'm really a, is. No,
3: I'm upset a little bit because he could have did that at Ohio State. But maybe they he probably went the same route I went. He probably asked and they probably didn't have anything open. And, him, and Marcus being his guy, he's probably like, listen, we'll make something for you. And that's probably how he got to Notre Dame. But I think in my in his heart, he probably wanted to do it for the Buckeyes.
2: Yeah, that's. I'm not entirely sure how that story goes. I'm I sure think there are people I that think know that. Like here, that. Yeah, something like that. Man, you
3: hate to see it. You hate you. You know un, what? Though? Unreal. I respect that he doesn't wear the blue though. He only wears the white
2: polos and oh, the green polo. Oh, just wait. He ain't
3: gonna do it. He's not gonna I do think it. Think
2: in the photo. I think on the website he's wearing one of those blue jackets. No, okay.
3: Is he? I think. I'll I'll check in in the break, but I think think he was.
2: (laughs) So uh, uh, more of what's coming up tonight. We'll keep talking about camp in uh, the next segment here and some of the storylines that are going to be coming up for the Buckeyes this week, Jeremy Birmingham will be with us at 633. It's a big recruiting roundup Monday here on the show, as we always do. So we'll talk about this big story this weekend of the Buckeyes. They they pick up a commitment. They pick up a quarterback, the guy that we were talking about last week, Mm -hmm. and they lose the defensive back that we were also talking about last week, Dijon Johnson. That happened. We talked about that with Pat Murphy as well. There was concern over it when he was... Taking the visit to Florida, he was supposed to take a visit to Florida and Miami. Wound up just staying at Florida, and so the decommitment from Ohio State did happen. But uh, we'll talk to berm and get the latest on that and what's going down at six thirty-three. Then we'll we'll keep talking some recruiting and on the trail right after that at six forty-eight, and of course the college football polls at seven and Buckeye basketball in the news today. Mm. Chris Holtman had a little press conference, and you'll get to hear some sound from the coach and the response. To CJ Stroud's claim <laughs> about beating the Buckeye basketball team at their game in hoops. But Tyvus, I know uh just hitting on that Dijon Johnson decommitment real soon, mm. or real quick at least, fans are fans are feeling a little bit bent out of shape about the defensive recruiting right now. Yeah. I, I agree. And that was that was a loss that stings a little bit because it was one thing not to get these commitments. But then when we give one back and then you drop out of that top spot in the national rankings, that one hurts the fans a little bit.
3: Yeah, I just think it's one of those things that, you know, recruits is trying to see. First of all, Jim knows is coming in with a completely different defense. So nobody nobody knows what it's going to look like. Yes, it had a ton of success in Oklahoma State, but will that... that transfer over into the Big Ten, because the Big Ten, they run the ball, they pass the ball. So I need they need to see some success there. Also, lately, the defense for the past couple of years haven't been producing, so it's kind of scaring people off. Like, why would you come... To a place where they're not playing great defense right now like that That would be kind of scary to commit to if i'm a defensive player are these defensive players being developed properly? You know you are getting these big-time recruits four stars yeah. five stars in these previous classes, but it's not Translating to them being good in college thus far So I think this is a big era for the defense They need to go out there and show that jim Knowles has come over and fixed this defense and put people in positions to Show showcase their talent and show that this defense is improved and they can make
2: plays. Yeah, it's interesting to me though because you know you get to this you get to this point in the game, you've had a lot of time to see this, and I I look at that at the other side of the coin in that there's more DBs. If I'm a defensive back, mm-hmm. I have some opportunity yeah. to find a a niche position that might really suit my game. I might thrive being a free safety. Yeah. You know, I might thrive playing that adjuster position that we're learning about, Rocket Hickman. I might thrive being a a nickel corner, right? Yeah, yeah. I like t- that, he that got- Tanner McAllister position. There's opportunities back there. So when I think of a 4-2-5 a, a type of alignment, yes. that's exciting to me as a DB. But again, this is... I'm more of a three-two-six type guy. A little three-two-six guy. It's, it's
3: oh, get him out there! <laughs> get him out there! Right? Because if the DBs is your best yeah. playmakers, you got to keep him on
2: the field. <laughs> but at, at the same time, it's a big world out there, and we get we get all hot and bothered when somebody decommits. And it it also is just life. It's just life in the game. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's not the last time it's going to happen. Well, so you my, can only wish a young man the best of luck. It's best that he gets the decision made correctly before he arrives here at Ohio State. Yes, but the last
3: I think. The Buckeyes have dealt with some decommitments in the past few years, and it's been at this at the corner position. They've missed out on, like, some four- and five-star guys that's actually went on to do yeah. really well. So, yeah. you know, hope, I, I, I'm not going to wish bad on the kid. I hope the kid does – Find where he wants to go. Maybe he wish bad on the kid. There's he got problems. Yeah, I know, right? He got problems. It's people like that yeah, though. It's people, it's it's fans out here that would be like, oh, you. I hope you're terrible. Yeah, but they're like, sick. Yeah, no, they're i are sick. I don't agree with that. I just you because you never know why people decommit from places. It like, doesn't matter why. He he might want to be close to his family. He's from Florida, Georgia, Florida, something yeah, like that. So yeah. he want to be close to his family. I mean, that's probably why he wants to stay down there. Like you don't, you never know why people do what they do. So you got to understand that these as kids and they they have the right to make their mind up
2: all right with camp opening up this week we're going to get it all out on the table we talked a lot about our position groups last week we went through and categorized our roster but that one big thing for us that still has us questioning how good this team really is that's next it's the buckeye
0: show on the fan if it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The fan, Ohio Sports Destination. The home of Big Ten championships and future first rounders. You're listening to The Buckeye Show. Yes, you
2: are, Timmy Hall and Tyvis Powell, with you all week, as this is just going to be a big celebration. Leading up to September 3rd, this entire month, man. God, you look at that calendar. August 1st, baby. You know what, though? The good
3: thing about it is it goes fast. Once the Hall of Fame game goes and preseason stuff. For some Dude, reason August is just boom. Don't
2: play the, that game with me. It's the truth. I don't wanna get to, I don't want to get into that. I feel like I'm a broken record getting into how my time warp goes. It's
3: gonna go fast,
2: Tim. You, it's, gotta, you know, it's basically Christmas. You know what? Washington
3: <laughs> Washington the, what? The commander. The command don't The talk about the commanders. First first of all, Curtis Samuel, go Bucks. I think he just got activated off the PUP list. Oh, so it's a big, it's a big deal. So him and Terry, man, see how long he can stay off. Jahan Dotson, man, that receiver core is coming along. Carson, Carson Wentz have a relapse to the Eagles MVP
2: year. (laughs) I love how you say a relapse to when he was good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, things things ain't been going. Well. You know what? When yeah. a when a guy's back is
3: against the wall and it's your last chance to prove to everybody that you could be a starter, it ain't no telling what you may do. So he just might go out there. Hey, fantasy sleeper.
2: Who else were we? Who were we just talking about that you and I were just saying? Last chance, possible last chance for this guy uh, coming into this season for the Buckeye. I, I think it was an NFL dude were we just talking about somebody two hours ago? <laughs> no. Come on. Was we? Yeah. Don't you hate when this happens? Was <laughs> we? Yeah. You, ju- you just got to let it... You just got to not think about it for a second. <laughs> It'll come back naturally. All right? We just have to move on for a minute, and those things work themselves out. This happened about a month ago on the show, and for the life of me, I can't even remember what it was about back then. It was like an actor or something, and then we did. we did find it. We did find that guy. But as we look As we look at these question marks for Ohio State football going into camp, we did a lot of work sifting through our roster mm-hmm. last week on the show. Yes, we did we put and again, we didn't name every single guy on the roster mm-hmm. because, as we said, some guys will be between the lines'll we'll slip into some cracks in between the player categories that we listed out a lot of people to shift categories by the end of the season absolutely that's the whole point of it that's what you play a season for and mm-hmm. that's that's where you make your moves hopefully we see these guys throughout the first month you know by the time september is done maybe we learn a little bit more but it's interesting i i was actually sifting through our wednesday folder you know how we have this You've heard us use the term the dad many, many times here at the station. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the audio software program where I can play, you know, little clips of Ryan Day like this. It's been real. I I think our guys feel it. I think they feel the excitement. I think they... So that's him talking about the excitement for the opener. Mm -hmm. And as I was sifting through the Wednesday folder, sometimes there are stragglers left behind. (laughs) And we did this on the show... You know, maybe a, a year ago or so for for a couple of months, where we would play the oldest clip of audio that was left in that daily folder and just see what it was—the okay. oldest piece of Ohio State audio that wasn't run over. And I see clips from Ryan Day from August 18th last year, mm. almost a full year ago. And I'll play this for you because I wonder how I wonder how pertinent this would be for this year's defense. I'll just tell you what the description of the clip was in, in practice that day was lots of guys are getting reps with the first team defense well, okay. let me listen to this
0: I, I think it's uh, it's twofold I think there is some depth being um, being built across the board on defense but um, you know you also got to have your guys and you got to have the guys that play and, and eventually you know someone's got to get out there and make it happen so uh, I think there's a couple things going on I think one there's there's depth being built but also you know by the end of the week we got to find out who those guys are when we kick off the, you know uh, against Minnesota in that first that first round you know first play who's going to be out there and uh, who are we counting on so um I'm excited because I think we do have a lot of options there and I think guys have practiced well
2: it's amazing what you can do with generic football sound if he didn't use Minnesota in that you, you could have chopped that off ah. you could've used it right because when you talk about some of these younger guys that are on the too deep mm-hmm. and for me I just honestly the one position, we mentioned what that alignment is going to be like now and what there are more of and what there are less of, that we have a Will linebacker and a Mike linebacker. Yes. We got a Jack dude who's kind of that, you know, Zach Harrison, Jack Sawyer kind of guy, mm-hmm. and we know what they can do, but once, like, even when we talk about Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, I really do wonder, ultimately, what we're getting out of that linebacker position until and and camp probably isn't going to do it for me. Like we can sit here and talk about question marks that we want answered in camp. Yeah. I don't think any of us could look each other in the eyes and say that is going to be something that gets answered until we get maybe 4 games in, possibly 6, 7 games into the college football season and see some consistent numbers. See guys that are always around the ball carrier. See guys that always know what they're in. They're taking the correct angle to the ball carrier. They are not ever letting anything even remotely close to that embarrassment in the Oregon game no, happen me. again. Don't bring that up. So I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think we're going to know that until we're well into the season, but that's the thing with this defense, with the entire team that I really keep coming back to is. The starters at linebacker, the depth at linebacker, all of the above. <laughs> so the linebacker all is, of the above is the one that gets you the most. Gets me the most. Okay,
3: well, this is the couple of things. One, the number one thing you got to remember is last year – a lot of these players had really minimum to no experience. So that's why it was so many people rotating in with the ones. We seen those games where coach Combs had a whole line shift. It was like hockey line change and everybody come in and come out. It was like that. Now you got people that got some experience. So I think things will smooth go smoother as they go into the season this year. You won't see as many people coming in and out the game. I think, out of camp, you have to know who your guys are. Like, you have to, you have to s- know who your first team defense is no matter what. All this we going to keep rotating all these guys. I don't think that's a good idea. Yes, you want to keep their legs fresh. I get that. But it's something about being in the game and playing and getting the rhythm. Once you get that rhythm, it's you don't want to break that. And I think when you keep switching people in and out, you lose your your rhythm and your your concentration because you're so worried about the next person coming in. So I think that's going to make this whole situation better. The only thing that I my only concern is that This will be the first time. How would they look... Now that they're not going against their offense. Like right now, they know what they are. They not seen the offense, at OTAs. So now they adjusted to certain things. If the offense come out in a certain formation, they kind of right. know
2: what to expect. What do they do when a, a right. foreign offense right. starts What's, trying to beat them
3: exact, repeatedly exactly. every single like, not Like they come out in this formation. Yes, film study is going to tell you if they come out in this formation, this is typically what they run. But what if they don't? How do you react to that? That's That's what I want to know. How are they going to react to a new offense?
2: First sign of adversity when you get into that Notre Dame, exactly Notre Dame game. I need, what happens? I, I need
3: them to keep their poise, and I need Tanner McAllister to be that voice. They're like, "Hey, everybody, calm down. Mm-hmm. This is what we're gonna do. That's what you need. You need somebody to, oh, calm down. I got us. This is how we're gonna play it."
2: All right, Jeremy Birmingham, crack recruiting expert who covers Ohio State, he's going to join us to break down the latest with what's going on. He also had another good reminder for all that follow the stuff so vigorously. He's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan.
0: Three dudes who will make you feel like the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, we aren't swaggled you good. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. The show that knows how to throw a big, giant Buckeye party. You're listening to The Buckeye Show.
2: Yes, you are. Nothing like partying on a Monday. But if you don't like Mondays, it's good because it's almost over. It's 6.34. I'm Timmy Hall. He's Tyvis. Party on, Tyvis.
3: Listen, you always say that the night it's almost over. It's people that work graveyard shifts that's about to start soon. Party on,
2: Tim. I'll just <laughs> finish that for you. <laughs> and party on, Berm. It's good to talk to you. Jeremy Birmingham, who covers recruiting for Ohio State. He's with the podcast now. Berm, what's up, buddy? Hey, Berm, I think I might have missed you there. Are you there, bud?
1: I'm here. I think hey. Tuesdays. I- I like Mondays. <laughs> what? Well, why? Why no
2: Tuesday? Just no feel
1: on a Tuesday. I don't know. I feel like just we should all just arbitrarily pick a random day we dislike and just rail against it.
2: That's good. Yeah, that's just what we do here, right? It's just easy to do. But Berm,
1: yeah, no one ever picks Tuesday, so I figure I'll just start it.
2: I think <clears throat> I agree with him. Actually, I don't. Nobody ever says anything bad about Tuesday. It's not the middle of the week. Thursday's the best day of the week because it's right before Friday. Friday's second best because you're right there at the end. Tuesday is a day that could use some love. So (laughs) he really is on to something right there. It's It's a special day. We need to cram a lot of things into our Tuesdays. But Berm, you know, it seems like... You know the the sky has been falling the last couple of weeks in the world of Buckeye recruiting for some of the guys that they haven't gotten haven't received commitments from. But then when you see a decommitment happen, it goes to another level. What can you tell us about what went on with Dijon Johnson here over the weekend?
1: I'm going to say this as 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 clear as I can. Obviously, you know a lot of times when you're dealing with these uh, recruits and families, there's there's information that. Uh, isn't really our place to share, but you know, people's lives change, uh, and, and you get things that maybe you had a plan for a life that. Uh,
2: that's too bad. All right. We lost berm there for a second as he was telling us about Dijon Johnson. I'll put him on hold there. Bodie, why don't you try and see if, uh, we can get the signal back Tyvis, I think... We're, I saw him tweet over the weekend. So I'm, yeah, I'm looking at Berm's Twitter account right now, and he said Dijon Johnson is decommitted from Ohio State. Buckeyes back to 19 commitments. Good time to remind folks that the kids are kids and have families and lives outside of football and not every decision is based entirely on the game. Some things are bigger. You kind of alluded to that in the last segment, too, mm-hmm. off the top of the show when we were talking about this and how, how silly it is again, because look... If there's one thing that we know, it's that Ohio State football is going to be okay in the long run. There is no one recruit. There is no two recruits. I don't even think there's an entire recruiting class that could be bigger than Ohio State football. Mm -hmm. So when one guy makes a decision, it doesn't even really, to me, it doesn't matter what the reasons are or the justifications, but if it's something that has to do with family or being closer to home, that's about all I need to know. Well, yeah, in his case is...
3: When you look at this, the list of commitments, I mean, we got other corners that's, our, that's committed already. So it's not like that's that big of a deal. I think that we'll be okay. People just got to not hit the panic button. Everybody wants everybody to
2: commit to Ohio State, and it don't work like that. Berm. Yeah, Berm, we got you back. We were just sort of touching up what you were going down the road with with uh, Dijon Johnson. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, life changes, and, and uh, it's not always what you plan, and especially when you're – Dealing with something like the idea of moving away from home and moving a thousand miles away from home, uh, you may find instances in your life that require you to stay close uh, and things that you have to do uh, to, to be a you know responsible adult. And uh, so that that's that's really what's led primarily to the decision for Dijon to reopen up is life circumstances have changed a little bit. And this isn't a situation where Ohio State did anything wrong or. There was nothing else that they could do, really. I mean, at that juncture, you just sort of have to say best wishes and, and move on. As you guys, I think we're talking about, I mean, Ohio State does have three other cornerbacks committed in the class. Um, and so there is an opportunity for them to, to reassess exactly, do they need four corners in this class? And maybe that, that this is an opportunity for them to realign some things numbers-wise.
3: Byrne, why do you think, as over the past couple of weeks, we've missed out on a couple of big-time recruits with Curtis and Downs. Why do you think it's right now that Ohio State can't land that big-time defensive recruit?
1: I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty clear. The defense has been pretty stinking bad over the last couple of years, with the exception of 2019, where you had, you know, transcendent talents like Chase Young and Jeff Recuda leading the way since 2018, three of the last four years have been three of the worst defenses in Ohio State history. Uh, And at some juncture, you're going to need to put a product on the field again that that is catching the attention of recruits. And, uh, you know, Ohio State has a lot to offer. But when you compare, if you just put on, you know, cut the tape, right, like watch Georgia's defense in the last couple years, watch Alabama, watch Clemson, and you tell me if Ohio State looks anything like that. And it doesn't. And <laughs> no. so you can you can sell a lot of things, and you can tell you know, Ohio State's got a, a million things in their favor, but for these kids that are wanting to be part of, a, of an elite defense, I mean, that's what it's about. You, it, it, losing a player like Caleb Downs to Alabama, it's, it's kind of hard to argue. I mean, Alabama, aside from the fact that they seem to win a national championship every other year, their defense uh, doesn't seem to be getting worse.
2: Well, Berm. I mean, you covered these guys extensively. I'm talking about some of the the guys that are on the roster right now that maybe we we could put in that next wave. They might not wind up being on the starting eleven when we go out there against Notre Dame. But some of these other dudes, like you know, a Cameron Martinez, a Kai Stokes, Jordan Hancock, Jacqueline Johnson. I, I mean, I think I've heard you talk about these dudes before. You believe these guys can help turn it around, right?
1: I, you know, we were doing a show at, at, at Roosters earlier today um, with, with the podcast, and I mentioned to Bobby Carpenter uh, and Justin Zwick at the time, I, I really am going to be surprised, and this is my expectation, I think Ohio State will have a top-ten-ranked pass defense in the country this year. I, I think that there are better players in the secondary than we've really come to believe. Aside from the fact that you get Josh Proctor back and healthy – you get Tanner McAllister from Oklahoma State. I, I the the combination of Cameron Brown, Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, and J.K. Johnson is about as good as you're going to find in the country at corner. And I, I think that those are some names that people don't really know much about, as far as Jordan Hancock and J.K. Johnson, especially. But uh, I, I fully expect that this defense is going to be leaps and bounds better than a year ago. And so a lot of these worries about oh, this guy is falling. That conversation may be completely moot five weeks from now. But until then, you, you know, it, it's well, – Urban Meyer made a, a lot of sense when he used to talk about theory versus testimony. And Ohio State had testimony on its side of what worked and what didn't. Right now they're offering theory, and so they have to get out and prove it. And I think once you do that in the beginning part of the season, you'll see a lot of the, these concerns uh, begin to, to slip away.
3: Burm. I, it's two names at this number three wide receiver position that's going at it: Emeka Obuka, Julian Fleming. Which one wins the number three receiver position?
1: Uh, do you have to pick one? I mean, I think it's the wide receiver spot. You know how many guys you can rotate in there. <laughs> who would be um, the, who would be the
3: more productive one?
1: I, I think if Julian Fleming is physically ready to go, he's a, he's a problem. I mean, he's extremely big, strong a athlete, athlete. is a little bit shiftier, maybe a guy that, um, you know, finds a, a, a role. Uh, but a, one thing Mecca does have is that he's probably a more natural receiver. Uh, coming out of high school, he was the number one ranked receiver in the country. So was Julian. But Julian played in a, in a wing T-type offense where he was really like they just throw him the ball four times a game and he would just score four touchdowns because he was that type of athlete. Uh, they just kind of throw it up to him and let him go get it, but uh, Emeka certainly has all of the polish to be a, a really it's a situation where you can really even count on it only being those two. There, there's, there's so much expectation and belief that Cameron Babb can really become what everyone has thought he was going to be for the last few years if he's able to stay healthy. Then you have Jaden Ballard who's been sort of getting rave reviews for the last eight months um you know i think you can have a group of of five or six wide receivers uh beyond anyone's expectation and obviously you start with jackson smith and jigba but then marvin harrison and and ameka and julian but there's three or four other guys that can really play
2: berm always good stuff man thank you for it and be sure to have a great tuesday
1: tomorrow (laughs) i'll do my best taco tuesday babe
2: that's right. Yeah. See, we do have a day for it. There he goes, Berm. You can check him out with the podcast. Everything that you were ever going to need to know about Ohio State recruiting from that guy right there. He's probably traveling around, going to cover something else. Dude's always at it. Yeah, he's always over the country. I tell you what, always any, at it. Anything you need to know about a recruit, Berm has the answer. Yeah, that's why I think I think that's how we can write off the the phone connection right there he's always on the highway. He's always cruising around. Looking at something. Trying to go go look at the next. Interview that next guy. You see that next guy that Ohio State might be after. And uh, we'll keep talking about it, too. Some reaction there and more on what Ohio State was up to. I know uh, Berm previously had some thoughts on that quarterback commit that Ohio State got. So it wasn't all bad. They got a commitment. They lost somebody, but they got a commitment too. Sure enough, it's on offense, right, tyvis Because that's the that's side of the ball that's winning right now. Yeah, it's not for I, it, it. Really, I'm happy for him, but I'm really looking for the change. I'm ready, man. Yeah, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see both sides. It's just that reckoning on both sides of the football. You're talking about the good old days. Where it was both grand, man. Yeah. Not one-sided. Much more on Ohio State and the latest happenings in recruiting. We go on the trail next. It's the Buckeye show on the fan.
0: It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs $0. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The best kind of power is star power. Let's go on the trail.
4: Sponsored by First Merchants Bank. Timmy and Tivis with you this
2: week. Happy Monday. Like we said, it wasn't all bad. In Ohio State, we told you that, you know, Berm had already given some thoughts on quarterback Brock Glenn and that commitment little bit of what he said, Tivus, that uh, the Buckeye staff has liked him for a while. Competitive dude, high football IQ who walks into a loaded class now. And you look at some of these other guys that Ohio State has in 2023. I mean, look, it was when Brock Glenn committed, it was still the number one class in the country. And then they lose Dijon Johnson, lose a cornerback. Again, back to what Berm was saying you can also look at the defensive backs that are in that class, and and he just told us might also be a time to step back and assess, do you even need that many cornerbacks in the class? Because he just spoke glowingly of the defensive backs that are going to be on the field for the Buckeyes this year. So there you go, man. You need somebody to start that change, and he believes strongly in them. You look at some of those guys like – J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock. There's some talent there. And Kai Stokes coming in. That next wave, right? That should be enough to set that tone. And then those five-star corners and safeties will start raining from the heavens again. And that's why when when Caleb Downs didn't commit to Ohio State, I really wasn't
3: mad about it because I'm like Kai Stokes is here and we still got Sonny Style, so I think that position is pretty solidified for for at least the next three years so that's why to me that one doesn't really bother me Uh, if they are going to reassess it and not go after a corner I would like them to go for the pass rush or the middle linebacker position because I still think that and I think a lot of people agree that the linebacker and our, we still doesn't have that dominant pass rusher. You can never have too many pa- pass rushers to begin with anyways. But if you could find one, a diamond in the rough on that position and get a home run, that that will spark the change that your defense need, especially that middle linebacker, because you need that voice, that leader on defense that having that is what starts. The change, and it it can get people to play for you in tough times and just having that leadership on the field.
2: All right, this one's twofold here because we stay with the defensive backs, and we're just talking about how we can't get guys right now, and they don't really start giving out the stars and the full-fledged ratings because this dude's so young. They started off, Ohio State that is, started off the 2025 recruiting class, and they pick up (laughs) Jonte Gilbert from Atlanta, Georgia, from Douglas High School down there. So, it well, was early, he a, it was early he was May. He's I mean he's do the math. He's a class of two thousand twenty five. Yeah, Dude will be sophomore. going into his sophomore year of high school football. He got the offer back in early May. Ohio State has been a dream school of his since he was little. So he made his first visit to Ohio State. He had his mom with him. He had his aunt with him, and it, he told Bucknuts it went so well that Ohio State was the school that stood out among his seven scholarship offers. Two things. Does that does that reinvigorate you? I know we we're kind of just talking about this that it's going to click in, it's going to be there. You start off the twenty five class now with a corner and two. Is that too early? I mean, I mean come on. Well, Ohio State is the same
3: school that offered, a, I think, an eighth grader.
2: That's that right, Chris here. Henry's <laughs> son. Right.
3: So I don't think it's too. If anything, this is they late on this deal. Um, No stop. They are. They they should have got him in eighth grade. If that's that's the new thing to do, but um, it makes me excited to at least have a corner. You know, I'm a I'm a defensive back, so anytime we can have a a top corner, I wish I would know what stars he is right now. But if you get, he doesn't have him, man. Yeah, if you get if you get an offer like this as a sophomore, you must be very impressive. So it's good to have that. Hopefully, he decides to pick us. I mean, by that time we will need to restock on and reload at that position anyway. So he really could put himself in a good position. I'm just praying that our defense come out here and really put together a nice showcase and show that the defense is headed in
2: the right direction. Back to circling back to the quarterback commit, Brock Glenn again, yes. six foot two, 195 pounds. Remember, he's from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He is. He was the 20th commit for Ohio State. Now they're down to having 19. He had his official visit here in Columbus in late June. He said going into that official, uh, he told 24 seven sports this, I wasn't so sure about them, but the official visit really blew me away. I kind of fell in love with it in a sense. I was almost ready to make the decision right after, but I knew I needed to give it some time. Let me digest everything, all the places and stuff. It came down to Florida state and Ohio state. And this week set Ohio state apart. So That's good, man. Especially when you look at where Florida State Seminoles football has been. Yeah. Boy, I would hope that if it's down to those two programs. Now, I know you could be looking at the Knolls and saying, I think I could go there and possibly start as a redshirt freshman. That might be the one thing. But I think the security blanket and the safety of being on a roster that is shooting for 11-plus wins every single season – sets you apart from the rest. Listen, hey, we lose to Florida
3: State on a recruit, We got to hit the panic button at some point. Um, even if he, yeah, that'd be nice to go down there and start at Florida State, but why do that when you can, nothing is written in stone at Ohio State. You could be coming here and be impressive, and you got the one layer, you have the one year up on Dylan Rayola, so you'll be able to battle him out for the next man up after Devin Brown or Kyle McCort, whoever wins that position. And you're getting the best coaching. I mean, you see the you see Ryan Day is producing these quarterbacks and they're going to the NFL first round picks. So you should want to be a part of that train.
2: All right. That's everything with Buckeye recruiting at this moment. It's always, you know what? It's going to be just fine. It's going to be just fine. You think? Yes, I do think. You talking about Ohio State? Everything. Uh oh yeah. I mean a two two week period where <laughs> some big time fish sign somewhere else or commit somewhere well, else. I think, it's gonna be okay. Well I think everybody forgets that the fact that
3: the past couple of years they've already gotten some nice Solid commits. I know. I'm ready to see That's, some of these guys. Yeah, they're put on, it on the field yeah, now. They're on the roster already. Yeah. Right? They just haven't made. They haven't been put on the field to do what they're supposed to do. But I'm praying that Jim Knows finds a way to maximize these kids' potentials and yeah. let them
2: go out there and, and make plays. I'm actually, still waiting to see a lot of these 21 and 22 guys really, really get to it. A lot of those names that that we were mentioning here in the last segment. All right, we'll get you the very latest in the sport we know and love. Keeping our finger on the college football pulse next. It's the Buckeye Show on The Fan.
0: Never short on opinions, always short on class. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. It's time for the college football pulse on The Buckeye Show. Hour two of the Buckeye Show.
2: Hope you guys are having a great start to your week. Timmy and Tivis with you. Our guy Bodie is back there. Rudy, you got the <laughs> Chance T-shirt on. It just says "Are you dash dy?" I know what that implies. It's the Rudy, Rudy. All right, here we go, man. What a movie!
4: Uh, first up here, George Kliavkoff. We uh, we talked about some of his comments. I think on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, Klikoff. Um and he he had a lot to say. He he really uh, he had quite a, a good chunk of stuff to say about his conference and other conferences. But one thing we didn't get to that we will talk about here is he did have uh, this to say about the college football playoff. He said he's really confident that we're going to expand the playoff. I think everybody's kind of confident it's going to happen at some point. But he also said it actually wouldn't surprise him if it uh, once the uh, a format is agreed upon if it happens before the end of the current term which would be 2025 he did say once you agree to the format why wouldn't you which i love is like why wouldn't you it makes total sense but we're talking about college football here which most of the time makes no sense <laughs> so it's like yeah i guess why wouldn't you in a perfect world but that's really not how college athletic works and uh but yeah i mean i guess I don't know. Would you do you guys think we'll actually see an expanded playoff before 2025? I think when last year's whole 12 team playoff got crossed off, it I just kind of wrote it off, but I don't know.
3: I could see it happening in 2024, the year right before. That would be like the the bridge, the bridge year. Like let's let's just go out there and test it and see how it does. And I think that would be the reason why I think 12 what did you think there's 12 teams? That's what you think it's going to go to? Well, Probably, so, right? so you're
2: you're saying that you think that they would... Because right now, they're saying that 2026 is the first year oh, with 20, that the changes have happened. Oh,
3: with 2025.
2: So I think you're trying to say you think they would up it to 2025. Yeah. Not two years. Yeah,
3: 2025.
2: Yeah, just, ta- just throw year, that last the year, year out. year right before they... Yeah. Right before they've said. Yeah. So chop one year off of that deal. Basically. And you know, it's interesting because... George Kleevkov comes from the world Clean, of Kleevkov. <laughs> he comes from the world of sports entertainment and marketing, right? So I would think that these terms that are set and the contracts and you know the TV partnerships, yeah. that would be something that this guy understands.
3: When does all those deals go through? Like when does the SEC, the Big Ten, and they is it twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five? Cause I think that plays a part into it too. Anybody have that answer when the Big Ten renegotiates their TV deals? The
2: Big Ten is I swear, coming tw- up twenty twenty four, right? In twenty four, I believe. I think you're right about that.
4: And the Pac- yeah, the tw- contract for the Big Ten does end after the twenty three season. So twenty twenty four. The Pac
2: twelve, I think, is into a a long term deal right now. But either way, what I was saying is I would. It surprises me to see someone with that background say that they could just roll that up, roll it roll it up and throw it into the wastebasket and just start with this potentially new format for a college football playoff before the current format is set to expire. I would think that from his background, it would be more difficult, and he would know that that would be more difficult to move those mountains to cut some of those years off because, like... Like it expresses in the article. These comments are pretty counter to the notion populated by the CFP board of managers back in February when they spoke about this that said we will not be making any changes until 2026. I know they can say something. It just it does seem like a long period of time if college football fans are getting tired and social media noise is picking up year after year after year if we get a couple more seasons where we think some really good football teams are left out of there in the fifth and sixth spots do you feel like that leave ohio state out of there a few more times see how much (laughs) it, it picks up because i i gotta tell you i i would rather be in it than not i've I've had enough of being in that fifth and sixth spot. Oh. <laughs> Not much fun. Would rather be in an 18 playoff than be the first team or two being left out so as a power program. They Wouldn't leave,
3: you? They leave Ohio State out one more time, and their fifth or
2: sixth spot, is going, they, that's going to push the needle. I uh, would for me. But again, <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily going to be enough, but I, I do feel that there has been a lot of Movement from the fans in college football to see more, and they still haven't done it yet. So, what is it going to take for you? It's just, I
3: I want them to do it right. And I think that's where they're at. Like, how are they going to do the 12 teams? Like, do some people get an automatic bid? And if they do, what
4: conferences do? And it's just, it's a lot. And I see why it's taking a while. I think that's the thing, right? It's like you said, you want to do it right, but. What the hell is all these conferences even gonna look like in two and three years from now? <laughs> guess, Dude, you know, the way it's looking is gonna be only three
2: conferences and everybody else
4: No, that that does make it really hard. Yeah.
2: And that's a it's a great point. That's the one thing that you know, everybody wanted to try to set up this system where a group of five team was in the mix or a conference champion was definitely in the mix as everything keeps changing rapidly you would have to continue to go in and change these rules yeah. every step of the way. Oh, you know, Big 12 doesn't exist anymore. So clearly we can't yeah. <laughs> have a conference champion in, there anymore. Or right, we have two super conferences. We've decided we want to have this mirror something more that we've talked a little bit here on this show before. Like an NFL playoffs where this conference has a four-team playoff and that conference has a four-team playoff and then the winners meet for the national championship. East versus West, or something to that effect. This super conference versus that super conference. It'd we don't quite know. It'd be North versus South.
3: Yeah. Because the SEC is all the, South. the big SEC. Yep, so. And
4: it'd be one thing, too, if, like, you know, we've seen in the NFL just in the last handful of years, they're like, yeah, we'll add a 17th game. Yeah, we'll add an extra playoff spot to both the NFC and AFC. But because college football doesn't just, they're not all under, like, one set of rules and whatnot, the same way the NFL is. If the Big Ten adds two more good teams, maybe the SEC is like, we don't want that much of, you know, we don't want 16 teams because we don't want half of it occupied by the Big Ten or vice versa or whatever. Right, but but those conferences
2: are going to put their foot in the ground and want a format that is more wide open. Like what I said about the G5 teams, you know, Big Ten and SEC wouldn't want that. Exactly. Because they would want that opportunity to get X amount of their own teams in just based on merit if they really are viewed or seen as the better teams in college football than just put them in there. And I think I saw Chop saying this recently, too. And I've been a proponent of it for a long, long time. There needs to be another division in the middle, in between what is FBS football, Tyvus, and then the FCS, where you've got your James Madisons and your Montanas and Montana States. You think they should should get in the college football player? I think there needs to be another division to cut off in between. That starts, and I do think that there's some of those fringe programs that would probably be able to leap up so that they're in our party, like Houston, who Cincinnati. is jumping in. Houston, oh, Cincy, Central Florida, and they are. Yeah. Those guys are moving into the Big 12, but maybe the last ones that would be left out would be a Boise State, yeah. right? That would go but, unaccounted for in a BYU who's independent. Yeah, at the but, time but to being, your point,
4: why is Miami of Ohio playing for the same national championship as Alabama, right?
2: like that just of course that's dance. my point that no that'll chance never makes sense.
4: that'll never happen makes no <laughs> sense dense. where there should be that well, no, you, uh, you know about, a second division i guess or the, the
2: independent it, schools would have to drop down so therefore byu notre dame and all those others they hey, would be playing for that mid-level we'd win it every year baby
1: oh but please you, god you, i hope you so wouldn't
4: want, you wouldn't even celebrate that <laughs> i celebrate everyone uh next up here this is from 24 7 sports the top 10 programs in the last decade Go ten to one here. Let me guess. Alabama. <laughs> Good Let guess. guess Number one. Clemson. Act actually would be incorrect. Uh, I'm going to go ten to one here. Oklahoma State, Oregon, Florida State, Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma, Georgia, then Clemson at three. Ohio State at two. Bama at one. You guys. Any teams missing? I think it's wrong. I think it is. I return. think it's wrong. I think you have to put Clemson over <laughs> Ohio think, State. I, th- I think whoa! we discussed. No, 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 that's not a whoa. whoa and this is the Buckeye dude, Show, but we
2: that... try to
3: be real here, baby. Yeah, We is go be very. We real. we
2: actually discussed this <laughs> wow. last week. Wow, because they won two. What, they were in two? Against the CFP, yes, and they have a winning record over you, and they have actually handed some embarrassing losses this way. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's really I I did, not close. I did suffer a loss to them in my career. It's it's okay. Look, this is pretty clear. We are third in this past decade in this run, and it's I think it's a pretty set hierarchy. It's Bama, Clemson,
4: and Ohio State. And then we start the debate right after that. I think 4 and 5 are kind of clear too with Georgia and Oklahoma. Georgia's won the title. They've been really good under over, Kirby Smart. Over North today? Yeah, they just won the national shot I'm talking about
2: Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Over have still been in the playoffs yeah, more they've times? made it a
4: couple more times. With the Heisman I mean, winners? you could get wins. more of an argument there, but
2: Honestly, what's what's Ohio State's got a win percentage over Clemson, right? Just straight up win it's probably percentage. Probably really close, but even though. that's probably close. And Clemson's got the national titles plural, and the wins over Ohio State.
3: They stink.
2: I okay. You can't admit that they stink. You can't admit that they stink. Well, what are we do? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing right <laughs> now to get above that? They stink. What is Ohio State doing on the field to get above that? They had a way better year than Clemson did last year. That was one season. Way better. Way better. Ohio State better. Way lost better. to Michigan and didn't even get to their conference championship. <laughs> did, and works trying to celebrate that year over Clemson? Did Clemson? No. They the, had a bad year, but our year, like, for our standards, was, was worse. and 7-5 last year? No, they were 9-4, no, I went 10-3. 10-3. Yeah. State. Yeah.
4: It's way better. 11-2 <laughs> and two and
2: losing <laughs> to the rival they, and not getting to the conference title. Did they win the bowl game? Of course. I don't know. I don't know hey I don't even care. Okay, it wasn't even an important bowl game for them. <laughs> they had a crap season for what their standards are. Maybe not that way so, did, better, so did Ohio State. But it was better. You honestly think Ohio State's a better football program in this decade than Clemson? Yep. Deserves to be ranked above. Yep. Why? Because it's Ohio State. No, so you can't, <laughs> can't even give us. You can't even give us a solid answer. I understand
4: that. I do understand. Oh that. man, Bodie, what's next? Last up here, uh, multiple sources told the Athletic on Saturday that it is increasingly unlikely that the D1 Board of Directors will vote to eliminate the NCAA rule prohibiting multiple transfers by athletes at uh, this week's meeting. So there was kind of like a thing floating out that maybe along with the one-time transfer that they would put this thing in new, uh, this new thing into place. That like as long as you had the grades and whatnot, you could transfer multiple times without sitting out. Sounds like that's not going to happen though probably a good thing i don't know if it'd really be good if it was just like yeah you could play at four schools in four different years we've uh, we're, we're actually starting to see some crazy situations like that y'all know how
3: i feel about this i hate it i hate the transfer portal unless it's quarterbacks i get that i get the quarterbacks
2: but even so you got to draw the line somewhere right i mean one-time free
4: transfer, I think, is a pretty I think good deal. We found a pretty good like happy medium where it's like you can transfer one time for free. For you whatever, can still transfer a second no time. You can't. But then, but you then you sit, you have to out. sit out. You got to yeah. sit out. Whereas there was, they were thinking of maybe making it to where you could, as long as you had like good academic standing, and wide blah, open. blah, you were fine. Which I think, like, you might get be getting into a little bit dangerous waters on that one. I
3: agree. I, I'm cool with where. I'm, it's hard for me to accept where it's at now But I will accept that over seeing people keep transferring out because that I'm not a fan of it I it, I think it takes away from the fact that people don't want to work work hard for their positions anymore They want to yeah. hand it to them unless it's quarterback. Like I said quarterback. I understand you you're not playing And the guy in front of you is young and he's starting over. here. Yes, you need to transfer up out of there But I, any other position if you've only been there for a year and now you are trying to transfer out there a year That's ridiculous
2: the only thing to me is you, I don't want to make a separate rule for just because of the position that you play. I mean, everybody's got the same amount of eligibility. I I have also been a proponent of just give everybody five years of eligibility, like what we saw with the super seniors with the pandemic year. Mm-hmm. Everyone who was playing in this era did get that. I think it's a great thing for the for the athlete. I think it gives you an extra year to figure out what academic track you're on and possibly if you've been ahead of pace gives you time to complete a master's program by the time you go out. If you're not going to be a professional athlete and you're that level of athlete where you could actually stay and play five years of healthy football or basketball or whatever that sport is. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand what the big problem would be there. If the school is happy with how you're performing as an athlete And then the services are there for that athlete to get the education for that. And now they can earn some name, image, and likeness money as well. I see that just in such perfect harmony. So that's what I would like. I understand it's a compromise with the transfer because that's such a hot-button thing. I do think it's your life. You should get to do what you want. You get the free transfer, and you can transfer again a second time if you will redshirt that one year and maybe lose. But if you have a five-year eligibility track— then you have more of an option to possibly get that done is the way I see it. So there you go. That's all the latest in the uh, college football world right now. We don't want to flip it to basketball here. Ohio State Hoops hmm. has the draw for, in my opinion, the best all-around holiday tournament in sports history. That's the Maui. It's a great one. And Chris Holdman had some thoughts on his off-season today. They got something else big coming up and some comments on that C.J. Stroud claim. That football can beat basketball in their game. You'll hear from the coach next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan.
0: On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption, same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Hating Michigan is our favorite national pastime. This, this is the Buckeye Show.
2: Timmy and Tyvis here on a Monday. Yes indeed, we are brought to you by our friends at Mumu Moo Moo Express Car Wash. That's the home of the unlimited wash club. Oh god, clean cars, love clean cars. I need to go there. I got
3: Cardell's truck. Yeah. It is dirty and I need to. Oh no. Yeah. Dirty he, guy? He no, he well, you know, Cardell is big on um Well, if if anybody doesn't know, this Cardell is big on like driving like four-wheelers. He like go riding on four-wheelers. Okay, but and, what
2: about inside the car? Well, that's what Vacuumed.
3: I'm, so, clean. That's what I'm saying. So he just did it this past Saturday, and he took this truck with him. And when he came back, so it's like dirt and mud all on the carpets and stuff. Oh man, which he oh, told, which he told me when he I grabbed it. He needs to have
2: it. those WeatherTech mats yeah. if he does that a lot. Yeah, he you've got to get the plastic shells, man. I, this that's is bad I,
3: stuff. That's what I have in my car, but obviously he does. You do? Not. Yes. Get the laser cut mats. We got the WeatherTech everything.
2: Oh, yeah, must be nice. oh police actually the nissan that we have came with those is that the in one? addition to the carpeted? is mats. that the
3: one that's got the, the scratch on it scratch the one that has the caved
2: in back <laughs> left <laughs> door panel yeah it's a lovely car i'm so glad i left it in the driveway <laughs> my mistake <laughs> it is. my mistake i left it parked you, know, you got at home you gotta, where it's supposed to be
3: you gotta stop point the finger or pull the thumb tim you I brought it up. If I should, if I would have just parked it on the streets, it'd be fine. Why do you have to bring these
2: things up? <laughs> I just thought about it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I I know it's a very touchy subject. It'll get fixed. All right, let's let's talk some Ohio State basketball for a second. Did uh, were you aware that this well, I know you're aware now, but up until you know two or three weeks ago that this was the year that they got to take that international trip together. This is a very cool thing. I had no idea about none of this. They have it's a very cool thing that they get to do in, in college basketball where once every four years you get to take a preseason or offseason exhibition trip. Ooh. So you get to have some practices generated in the off season, and it's a good thing that you can pitch on the recruiting trail. Whereas they went to Spain the last time they did this. Folks might remember they tooled around out in Spain, took a bunch of fancy photos, played some exhibition games. This year, they're going to the Bahamas. They were supposed to go for the battle for Atlantis, but the pandemic wiped that out. Mm. I believe they're playing at the same facility. I was talking to Adam Jardy, the dispatch, who's going to get to go on this trip for his job and cover the team. Must be nice. Yep, must be nice. And he's going to go to Maui too because he's the wow. Buckeye beat writer, and he gets to do all that cool stuff. Look at but that. it's cool. It's cool. But what a the, guy. the thing about the the arena at Atlantis is they have that patented bluish hue. You know, if you've mm-hmm. ever watched those games, there's just you can't quite put your finger on it. You might not even notice it, but it it goes into your brain and it leaves a, a lasting impression. There's blue light that's either around the court or. Coming from the tunnels in that arena. So okay. I'm not sure what the TV coverage, if any, there's going to be later this week when they play. Wait, you've been there? No, I am I watch all these games on TV. Okay. They're big games. If Battle for Atlantis is next up is it, next to the Maui now with it, the competition they get. It's an exhibition game. These are exhibition. Okay. They're, they're doing this later this week. Okay. This later this week and into early next week. I don't know exactly what what day the games are, but they'll play Puerto Rico mm. and they'll play Egypt. Okay. So those are the two teams they'll play. I'll let... Uh, I like that. I'll let Holtman talk about this. He'll talk about uh, this trip to the Bahamas here. This was just from today as Holtman met the media at the uh, Schottenstein Center to talk about his team's offseason and this trip to the Bahamas.
5: It's unique. And you know, I talked to a couple different coaches and they talked about wanting to play uh, a couple different teams. And for us... We said, hey, just give us the the best teams that you have there. So we believe the Egyptian national team and uh, the Puerto Rican national team will both be really good, uh, really good teams and good measures uh, for us as a group. The, The trip is obviously not about that. It is about the practice time and the chance to play. Uh, a bunch of different rotations.
2: So this is an incredible season in that they get to go to the Bahamas, and then I asked him about that trip and then going to Maui in just a four-month span for what I just said. I think it is the greatest holiday tournament in college basketball history. You had the Great Alaskan shootout for a while, but that one fell off. Mm -hmm. The Battle for Atlantis came up and became a big one, and they have been copied and replicated to where there's probably – between 20 and 30 of these holiday tournaments all across the country, ranging from big to smaller. There's just so many of them, but the Maui is the granddaddy and it has got a beast of a field. The Buckeyes will start against San Diego state and they would, if they win that, they'd get the winner of Arizona versus Cincinnati. So there's a chance they play. either a a top 15, top 20 Arizona team, Mm. top 25 San Diego state team starting off. I believe I would put them in the top twenty five. They'll be somewhere between in the late twenties, I I believe, the Aztecs. They've been a good program for the last two years. And if not, if it's not Arizona, you get the Bearcats <laughs> that many miles away from home. So Holtman on both of those trips in the same year here.
5: Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I know we did Spain a few years ago. I I've done that a couple times. I've done Australia in a foreign tour. You know, all those are great. But this trip I think is it's a little bit shorter, which we wanted, and I think to be able to do this and then and then go to Maui, At Maui will have a different, completely different feel. Obviously, those are those are real games, and the competition there is 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 going to be outstanding as well. But you know, it's great for your guys to be able. To, you know, there's some guys that have have not ever traveled outside the country, so to have a chance to uh, to go do this is going to be fun. And I think we're still trying to get to know each other a little bit here too.
2: So Those four teams that I listed, that's Ohio State's side of the bracket in the Maui, which came out today. Creighton is the best team on the other side of the bracket. Mm, like They're going to be that. a top ten team to start the season, so yeah. you could wind up seeing the Jays. And of course, that head coach for Creighton was the other guy that was being talked about coming here to Ohio State. If it wasn't going to be Chris Holtman back yeah. then, I tell you what. The, the way I look at this is that
3: Chris Holtman got so so you so Justice Sewing is back. Right? You got all these transfers coming in. And this will be the first time that they can see how how they mesh together going against other people. Mm-hmm. So I like this trip because you have a team that's you got some guys that was there last year, but a lot of these guys are freshmen and a lot of these guys are transfers. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out who works well with who and you got to try to forge your lineup. And the best way to do it is to go against competition and see who can hoop with who, who jails well, who passes, yes. how the ball rotates. Like that, that's the type of things that you want to see with this lineup. So when you get to season, you know, everybody got some type of chemistry and know yeah. how to play it with each other. So this yep. is the best thing that they could be doing right
2: now. It's a lot like what Ryan Day and the football team are about to start doing. Mm-hmm. They're getting a head start on this. Yep. You know, many, many months before the season comes along, they're about inside the 100 day mark now. For real college basketball. Football, of course, is at 33 days. Our attention is going to be on that, but you said it, man. Lot of guys on this basketball team where you might not have the EJ or the Malachi, but you have a number of guys that you can feel pretty good about. Mm -hmm. They just need to find those roster combinations. They might have two full fives right now that they're thinking about and how those combinations are going to go. That's a lot of what he talked about today. I have two other things. You mentioned Justice Suing. You might have seen me tweet about something with the health of some of the key guys for Ohio State. I'll let you hear that one. And, of course, that comment... Uh, to C.J. Stroud and what what he said. So I'll give you those. And also, a Big Ten program just scored a huge payday. Details on that next. It's the Buckeye Show on The Fan.
0: If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, The Fan. Scarlet and Gray 24-7. Or however long the show is tonight. You're listening to The Buckeye Show on The Fan.
2: Timmy and Tybus, leaving things off with some Buckeye basketball things back there. I mentioned on my social media account, we had some health updates, some good news with everything that we've been hearing this offseason that had been kind of troubling, considering Justice Suing came into last season, and you were hoping for Justice to be one of your best basketball players. Yes. You were... Looking at Justice Suing as your second best basketball player, besides e- E.J. Liddell. Well, yeah, because Malachi, we wasn't sure what right. he was going to no, get. No, so, yeah. I'm talking from the previous year, Justice Suing comes in healthy. You might have had him third. I mean, might have had him
3: Justice. E- Seth second. Towns would have been third. I mean, he wasn't going to be ahead of E.J. No, I'm talking about, if Dwayne, I'm, I'm if talking Dwayne about Washington. I'm talking about Malachi. He probably would have been like
2: third, maybe fourth. You're saying where you would have had Malachi ranked? Yeah, coming into
3: last year. Eh, let's see. Would you have had Seth Towns over him?
2: No, no, I wouldn't have had Seth above him. Seth has not yet, even since he came to Ohio State, he hasn't been able to have that full bill of health. That's true, too. He had a nice season in that role where he came in and had a couple of 10-point games he was hitting a bunch of bank shots too. And then Seth would hit some <laughs> timely threes and he'd be able to get down low and, and get some rebounds because he's a big the, body dude. There's nothing
3: wrong with the, no. the big fundamental.
2: There's nothing wrong with him at all. I just wouldn't, wasn't going to put him as like one of the top five guys coming into that season, even if he was healthy. But I, I could have probably gotten to Malachi being the third best player mm. with all the... He did have a good amount of hype. Let's... Let's he be did. real. About he was
3: that. hyped. He was for sure.
2: We he lived up to it. We did peg him to have a very very productive freshman season, and then when Justice was completely out of the picture, that paved the way for him to be a one and done guy. So yeah, but Justice this year, if he's complete, it's almost hard to have this conversation now. Would Justice be your best basketball player coming into the season? Yeah. I don't know now because. We haven't seen him on the court in such a long time. He's been gone for an entire season. He played a game and a half last year. That was it. What is the kid's name
3: from Wright State that transferred? Tanner Holden. That's the man, right? Yeah, I
2: don't know if I, that's
3: the man. I, I, I need to know because he was averaging like 20-something points. He was. Points. He was. I need to know if if he can do that in the Big Ten.
2: Well, that's, <laughs> that's interesting you said that. So let me give you Holtman's health updates on... Justice and Seth, because we've heard a lot about this, the not man, knowing man. if they're going to be ready, because the last report was Justice wasn't all the way back, but they're practicing. Let, let Holtman tell you.
5: We have Justice and Seth who are practicing, but they're, they're somewhat limited in what they can do. Justice and Seth uh, will not play uh, in the two, two games in the Bahamas. They're, they won't be fully cleared. We do expect them. Uh, to be fully cleared by september i uh, don't anticipate uh any issue there
2: so hopefully we stick to that timeline again not the most important thing for these games in early august but my goodness by the time we're a month out from the okay. maui yeah. i hope we're getting to go time here was here was holtman on tanner holden today and what's up with the the transfer from right state
5: yeah tanner's been good i think tanner's going to continue to adjust to The length and the speed of the Uh, game—we're excited about kind of his uh, his continued, you know, growth. I think there'll be some transition elements for him here uh, for sure this year. You
2: know, it's interesting you brought him up because someone specifically asked about Tanner because there was in an answer to another question where Holtman talked about four of the five freshmen. He sort of left Bowen Hardman out in this other category as a guy that needs to develop a little bit more, but. Mm Clearly, we know Bryce Sensabaugh, he's had a big offseason here. 50 points. Yeah, Bruce Thornton, he comes in as a pretty heralded recruit in this mm-hmm. class. Roddy Gale, also a top 50 guy. Felix Okpara, a guy with his eleven frame and his ability to come in and help this team right away. Maybe in a reserve role. Might be, you know, 7 to 10 minutes, but whatever it is, mm-hmm. he could help right away. And he mentioned Isaac Likely. Ice Likely, yeah. and Sean McNeil together. Yes. But didn't list Tanner Holden in that category as well. So then when you heard his response there when asked specifically, I think you get an idea where he might be in a spot right now where he's yeah. he's still adjusting. He's getting used to seeing dudes like this yeah. in practice every single day.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully he gets it. He will. I, I He'll think, come along. Yeah, this is going to be one of those things that – he got to get his feet wet out there in the Big Ten and see what it's like because it's, it's a different ball game. But at the end of the day, I think basketball is basketball. You know, once he with the things that was working for him, if he figure out what his thing is, everybody has to have a certain thing, whether you're a shooter, whether you're a facilitator, whether you're a driver, you get your role, you define it and you go out there and do that to the best of your ability. And. For some odd reason, people tend to figure out what you're good at and help you get to what you're good at.
2: I think that's well said. And I think where we're going with this team is it doesn't have an E.J. Liddell or a Malachi Branham at this point in time. Nobody is billed like that. There is no man right right now. build or built like that for this team. Mm -hmm. So be what you are. And do it good. And just (laughs) do what you're good at. Don't try to be a hero for this team right now because they're going to have – Eight to ten guys, they're going to be thinking through combinations and who's good at what and how they fit. But here, uh, once and for all, here was Chris Holtman before he left the press conference where nobody asked him about this thing. I think maybe they maybe we were trying to not exhaust the subject with how <laughs> it went. We heard some Buckeye fans last week saying, oh, you know, stop talking about that. That's a distraction. Football team's got a big game coming up. Basketball team's got their own stuff to worry about. But Holtman had some fun with this before he left the podium today.
5: And we have the most confident QB1 in the country, and I love that. (laughs) We have the best quarterback in the country and the most confident QB1 in the country, and I love it.
2: So he has fun with it. As you know, a Holtman is going to do. He's not going to actually be upset or agitated. at something that C.J. Stroud says for fun. (laughs) Holtman had some fun right back. He did it with a smile on his face. It was a perfect way to respond to something like that from C.J. Stroud. Of course, you know what that's in reference to where he said, I think, uh, you know, we could hang with him. I think we might beat him when he was talking about football players playing some pickup basketball against the Ohio State basketball team. He knows the truth. Holtman knows
3: that. Yeah, they they probably would beat the football team, but they're not winning by fifteen plus. Stop it. Like that's that's absurd that you even believe that. He what? knows that.
2: What is it like being inside your head? <laughs> you know, that's I honestly wanna know. You don't because
3: my mind my, oh this is I'm glad you asked. My mind Goes to so many different places, It all within 60 seconds. I've thought maybe 60 thoughts. Whew. It's sad. My wife tells me all the time, like, what made you think of that? That's so random. And it's just like, I, my mind be all over the place.
2: Because I was thinking about that and I was, I was saying, you know, for CJ, It's nice that those basketball players were so friendly about that on social media. (laughs) And I'm glad they were because everybody's a a student-athlete. I can't believe I said that term. Everybody's an athlete at Ohio State. You said it right, student-athlete. You're all on the same team. You don't want to be throwing shade on other guys. It's just not a good look. It's no shade. No, it was just good for (laughs) the basketball players for just laughing it off. Because if it were me, it probably would have been, and I'm like a Malachi Branham. I'm just trying to put my mind in the head of someone who's going on to the NBA. Say I'm like an EJ or a Malachi guy going into my last season. It would take every ounce in my body to not put in all caps like a GTFO, like right in the tweet. (laughs) Listen... Bad, all NBA, elite, just get get out of here! M- Come on, NBA
3: players can get scored on too. What do you mean? Like a, a random guy that's do YMCA basketball could score on a NBA player too? It's not that. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> it's not that hard to score in basketball. Like, football, totally different. Totally different. It's am like I, it's am, like. Am
2: I talking to Lavar Le- Ball here, who I thinks ne- he can beat I Michael Jordan lost. in one on one? I never <laughs> lost. <laughs> uh, bye. uh by the way did you did you see this story? They're now in the big ten I, I can say that now because u c l a is jumping into the big ten i've often. Just been kind of interested in the partnerships between big athletic programs and the apparel companies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that interests you as much as it does to me. When you see the Jordan brand jump into the game here in the last five or ten years, some of those schools start wearing the Jumpman logo. That's a cool thing. UCLA, I don't know if you remember this, in 2016, they signed the richest deal in history where it was a $280 million 15-year agreement with Under Armour. Mm. But somewhere along the way, the pandemic got into this as well, and there was arguments on both sides for breach of contract, and it ultimately led with Under Armour having to pay UCLA $67.5 million in uh, a settlement for termination of the apparel sponsorship deal. But I they, guess, you know, go ahead. They're still in debt, though, UCLA. UCLA's no UCLA got sixty seven and a half million but, from Under Armour but they because was, they they ended the but, I think they're a Jordan Brand team now. I thought they was already in debt though, like they was like one
3: hundred and fifty million in the hole or something like.
2: Oh, that. Oh UCLA's athletic yeah, department. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's still recovering from the pandemic. I can't speak to that. I can just say, well, don't you think a nice sixty eight million dollars helps? It will a little it bit. Definitely does. Yeah. So what they <laughs> were arguing was. In 2020, Under Armour informed UCLA that it intended to terminate the deal, citing marketing benefits that UCLA did not provide for an extended period of time. Under Armour attempted to invoke the force majeure clause after UCLA stopped all athletic events after the COVID-19 pandemic began. So it had something to do with that, and I'm trying to see what UCLA... Was able to argue here. They sued Under Armour for more than two hundred million for breach of contract. Mm. To counter that, Under Armour countersued. So it was just it was just <laughs> suing back and forth and back and forth. Ultimately, it leads to somewhere in the middle, meet in the middle. The full two eighty is split, and then split again, sixty eight million. But UCLA has got a smaller deal, smaller dollar deal now with the Jordan brand. So that's where we stand. All right, the very best with the Bucks on the social media front tonight. Hashtag Buckeyes is next. It's the Buckeyes show on the fan.
0: Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes.
4: Sponsored by Hello Garage of Columbus. Goodbye mess. Hello new garage.
2: Timmy and Tyvus here with you heading towards the end of the program. Check out your free estimates for a beautiful new garage floor, hellogarage.com. So I'm looking at this tweet. It's It's got a photo of Ryan Day and his glorious beard. This is a, a quote from, <laughs> it's got to be from last week at Big Ten oh, Media Days. Glorious beard. It, do you disagree?
3: He has a decent beard.
2: Decent? Yeah. Why do you say that?
3: Yeah, it's
2: decent. What would he have to do for it to not be decent for you? You have to look like Rick Ross, James Harden. No, (laughs) no. Come on, this is groomed. It it, almost—it's almost the same length as his hair. So is Rick Ross. It's incredible. So is James Harden's. All right. Well, back to the story. (laughs) Dan Hope tweeted. He's from Eleven Warriors at Dan underscore Hope. Cade Stover says this summer has been Ohio State's best since he arrived in Columbus. And Ryan Day also likes what he's seen from the Buckeyes this offseason. The quote from Day, there's been an edge to them. There's been a different look in their eye that, well, we'll just leave it at that. Ryan Day on the Buckeyes and how they've looked in summer workouts. When a coach says something like that, how, how do you know if you can buy that or not? That That's just not something a coach says in the offseason. It might very well be just something a coach says in the offseason. I think this one is sincere because, one, Ryan Day is a guy who
3: – Really tells it like it is. I think he's a very respectable guy. If it ain't there, he wouldn't say it. Two, with the, given the offseason that it, see, Mickey Muratti is their strength coach, okay? And strength, and he's probably, you know, he gets the keys to the team for the whole offseason. Right. So with that being said, I know Mickey Muratti. I've, I've been under his wrath and I know what the offseason entails. Yeah. And due to the fact that they season went the way mm-hmm. it did, I kind of figured, I kind of know what they off-season workouts were like. So, with that being said, yes, I buy at 1,000% of what he's saying right now. There is something to him, for I guess, sure.
2: I guess if they didn't have an edge after then they losing do. to their rival then and not football, making it to the conference championship game. Then football is
3: not for them. They should just take up something else. Has to be an edge. Yeah. A sharp edge.
2: Yeah. Very very sharp. All right, so what are you looking at over there? Oh well, Timmy,
3: we had a little Buckeye on
2: Buckeye crying today. Down oh boy. down in New Orleans. Where's their training camp? Home? It's just right there in, yeah, in Nolens. Yeah. Do they go to a different town? <laughs> Nolens. <laughs> no, I think it's actually at a facility. At the facility. Every. It seems like everyone's just doing it at the facility.
3: The only now. people that do that is Dallas. Cowboys go to there Dallas, no,
2: but like this, I know the Saints. They had theirs at the Greenbrier once Did they? in West Virginia. Well, well, Dallas always goes
3: to Cali. They go to Oxnard. Oxnard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, Buckeye on Buckeye crime. We had Bradley Roby versus Chris Olave in the one on ones. And if I was to if I was to poll and ask people who they think will win, who you who you think won, well, who do you think? But Bodie, who you think won? Roby. Bradley Roby or Chris Olave in one on one. So you think won the rep? Olave? <laughs> mm-hmm. See that? I, see I
1: know you, you Ty see that? You see
2: that? That right there here, Let's me know. I know you. Man, he's an offensive guy. Well, when you <laughs> when you got to know who's asking the question. Well, and when you brought this up to me, I knew right away that the savvy veteran that is Bradley Roby, who's made a hell of a lot of money in the NFL, and he's never really been one of the top corners. In the league at any given point in time. But he's just been a very rock solid steady cornerback. I knew that it was going to be Roby in this particular rep. Yes, Bodie.
3: Roby completely owned Olave in this route. He stayed on top of the route the whole time. Olave came, tried to run a fade, ran out of real estate, turned it into a a curl or a back shoulder. I don't know what it was. Roby came up, PBU,
2: perfect technique. It was just, it was beautiful. Just beautiful. Bradley Roby is on a $31.5 million contract. Must be nice. At his age. Must be nice. And, you know, I say at his age. He's only 30 on the dot. I feel like he's That's been old. gone That's from Ohio State in NFL. for 15 years.
3: It's been seven years.
2: No. Yeah, seven years. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it's been more than seven years. I think he got into the league when he was 21. I think he's mm. nine years into the league. Oh, please. He yeah, was, I think he was a young dude. He was
3: 2013 was his last season. He got drafted in 2013.
2: Tyvus, we'll do it again tomorrow, buddy. We will. It'll be fun. We'll have plenty to talk about. Bodie, good stuff back there, my man. I I think, oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Coming up next on The Fan, a little thing called You'll See. Have a good night, everybody.
0: The Fan is live and local with morning juice. Caffeinate and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
1: Come on over. Heartland and join our family. Now where can you get a full suite of business banking services served up by well trained caring employees with